ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to Socks on Tap. Tony, I, I, my first reaction is just fuck yes, let's go. Socks fishing That's that's where it all starts. It all starts taking care of business in house in the central division. That's right. I'm a meatball. You got to bring that top button swag, baby. It is always great to beat the Cubs. And I'm a homer, so I always say they're gonna. Dallas Keuchel, Lansing got some beards that you should be afraid of. Whatever, but he said when he gets out there, it's me versus the other guy, and I'm gonna beat him. So I just love that mentality. It's cool and fucking tough. Steve, Steve, would you say that Tony is mad online? I, I would definitely say that. The White Sox winner. Hello, White Sox fans. It's Tony Marchese, and today I am joined by NWI Steve and our newest member of the Sox on Tap. He's been here before a couple of times, uh, but he is now going to be with us through this season. Sean Roberts. Sean, welcome aboard. Steve, welcome. Cheers, guys. We're back. Cheers, boys. New season of Sox on Tap, season three or four. I, I forget already. We've been doing this for a while, Steve. Uh, but Sean's here to join us. He's going to be contributing to some post-game shows this year. Uh, before we go to him, Steve, spring training overreactor guy, how's it going out there on, on Twitter? Hey, yo. I got a couple things to get off my chest here. First, um, I just want to say that it's a big weekend for me coming up because my Purdue Boilermakers, who have not embarrassed the Big Ten Conference, who have not embarrassed their university, who have not embarrassed their state, are still playing in the NCAA tournament, unlike a lot of other schools in the Midwest. So we got that going for us. As far as spring training is going here, I've got some concerns. Jose Abreu was hitless on the spring. We got to start asking ourselves the question here. Is it time to think about DFAing Jose Abreu to clear a path for Andrew Vaughn and Gavin Sheets to a certain All right, I'm going to cut you off space. right there. We're, all, we're only a few seconds into the show. <laughs> and uh, spring, trader, spring trading overreactor is in midseason form. Sean, I'm going to bring it over to you. Welcome to the crew, man. Yeah, man. It uh, feels good. Obviously, I, I've you know done a few of these with you guys. And actually, we just did one a few weeks ago. Um, but this is something that uh, I've wanted to be a part of you know, my entire life. I've wanted to be able to talk White Sox. Um, and you know, it's one thing doing what I do on the radio, but you know, only so many people care about the White Sox and I can only talk about it for so long. So now, like I've explained to everybody, um, today that has reached out to me, which has been phenomenal. Um, I get to bitch to people that care about what I'm bitching about. Um, so that, uh, I'm really excited about and we'll run with the highs and the lows of the season. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just, I'm happy to be a part of this and I've, I've supported Tony when you guys started this a couple of years ago. Um, I was on board with what you were doing right away. I love the entrepreneurship of it all. And, and uh, just to be able to talk White Sox, I'm all for it. Well, we're happy to have you here, Sean. And uh, just some housekeeping notes before we get into some, some White Sox talk. Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all of your Chicago sports literature and podcasting needs. As our guy Buzz would say, uh, you could find him later tonight on Bulls on Tap. They'll be doing a post-game show as the Bulls uh, just – I'm not sure where they're at in their game right now, but uh, probably somewhere near halftime at this point. Uh, other than that, uh, be sure that you 
are following us on YouTube, subscribe to that so you can jump in here, get in the comments, and chat with us all season about the White Sox. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook. Steve, was that you or was that Sean? No, that's my that's my dog. She found the squeak toy. You guys dog go ahead. I gotta I gotta go grab toy. it. I gotta go grab it. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> we got we got Sean's dog here already. Steve, let's jump into some some spring training. Maybe not overreactions, but let's get into just some, appro- some appropriate reactions. Appropriate reactions. Well, we need to we need to you know have a disclaimer here for people. Look, um, it, Tony Larusa looks like he's he's just he looks like he's lost it. He's bringing in his closer in the third and fourth inning of games. I mean, Lucas Giolito was dealing the other day after, after three innings and he goes and he takes them out. What are we, what are we doing here? I mean, this team has dropped three in a row at this point. Everyone knows you can't, you can lose a pennant in March just as easily we as the, you I can we're win. On the rational stuff here, Steve. Or is this? Is this <laughs> oh, you're, you're telling this me this isn't. Let him go, Tone. Let him go. Yeah. Let him go. Keep going. Um. But in all seriousness, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is to this point. I know there were quite a bit of overreactions yesterday to Lance Lynn's outing against the Texas Rangers, the three home runs he gave up, but that just kind of is what it is. It's Arizona ball flies out of there, especially this time of the spring um, guys just out there trying to get their work in and still nothing to address the right field situation. No additional starting pitching help to this point. Kind of seems like this is just uh, what the squad's going to be at this juncture. Jordan Miller checking in saying we are being rational. Uh, Sally G, you can't win the World Series in March, but you can lose it. Hashtag facts only. Steve oh, knows what the audience. Steve knows what the audience wants. Apparently here, um, so I am I'm just going to just hand the floor over to you. It's it's a new season of socks on tap, and, and Steve's <laughs> just driving the ship. We're just here along for the ride. Rational thoughts. Rational thoughts. I am, if nothing else, a man of the people. (laughs) I guess if okay, but if if we want to talk bright side though, Eloy Jimenez, right? Dude's having some good at bats. Had a had a bomb today off Carlos Rodon, which was weird to see. But um, I mean, let's just like I suggested today on Twitter. Let's just have him if he hits a bomb, run to first base, tag, go back to the dugout because we cannot have him get hurt. Uh, and we got Luis Robert running in the walls and, and you said on the bright side there, Sean, I know, but then I started, I then we're trying to be <laughs> trying to be positive on the show this year. I thought bringing Sean on was going to increase the level of positive. I started listen, I'm negative. Like, nine. We don't even have negative naughty here tonight. What is it? Don't get up for the letdown, right? Don't get up for the letdown. That's <laughs> that's right. That's a great message for all the, all the people out there um sean i like you're already like real close to like what is this like you know you know sour sean right now and yeah he's, yeah he's souring on the parade you know um, you get the you get the the positives right you get the oh Elo jimenez did this and then like the next tweet was luis robert ran full speed into a wall and he's limping now that's great yeah, yeah i didn't like that i didn't like seeing that come across my twitter feed today at all like it, you just I shared it with you guys right away, and you know the reactions that I got when I sent it to you were the same thing that I had. It was just bad. Can we stop this now? I started to think to myself, I'm like, can we're making all these changes to baseball? Can we take the fence away in spring training, <laughs> just so that like we play it like little league? You hit home runs, the ball goes, it's the far goes and just keep running. Goes. 
Yeah, just no fans out there. They've got the grassy knolls and stuff. Have you know that? And maybe not. I don't want Luis Robert running straight up a hill. One just has to question though the leadership of Tony Larusa and Jose Abreu not stopping Ho- or not stopping Luis. I mean, you 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 say that, Steve, but then I'll just go raise the question. You know, where were they when Eloy was running in the wall for the third or fourth time? Nobody was pointing fingers then. You weren't pointing fingers then. You're pointing fingers now. Is this a protective over Luis Robert thing you got going on, or is this? Yes, it is. So, (laughs) so he's a potential like maybe not to Major League Baseball Twitter account, but he's a potential MVP. and he needs to stay healthy. Are the and betting odds out on Robert right now? Do you know where they're at, Sean? I don't. I don't know where they're at. But I, the other day they put out the American League MVP. Otani was on there. Trout was on there. Judge was on there. I think. And and um, no one, nowhere to be found was the most talented player in the American League Central. Um, that's Luis Robert. So another slight to the White Sox. Yes, it is. And, you know, talking about slights to the White Sox, let's talk about something that's going on up north, Steve. The uh, the very hated Minnesota Twins made some interesting acquisitions over the past week. Steve, I'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on what's happening up in uh, the land of Target? Anthony, I'm really glad you asked because here are my thoughts, essentially. Fuck the Minnesota Twins for life always (laughs) and forever that ain't never gonna change here's the thing you can sign carlos correa for one year all you want at the end of the day it doesn't matter your pitching is still trash you're not winning this division okay just it's not happening are they going to are they going to get another starter into that rotation before the start of the season you know maybe they get sean Manaya from from the a's and i I would love that i would love to see him pitch against the Sox five six times a year because i think they would beat his brains in kind of like how they did during game one of the uh postseason during the 2020 shortened season i mean that's that's a guy i want to see him on the mound against the Sox five or six times given what they do to left-handed starters so hey Go for it. Um, you sign Carlos Correa for, for one year, hoping you can catch lightning in a bottle and catch that sixth playoff spot. Um, okay, whatever. You know, it, it's not really going to change the trajectory of this division at all. Um, have fun with that, I guess. Sean, you've no, got thoughts here. Um, shocked a little bit because um, they, you know, Obviously, all the teams that were rooming around getting a, getting Carlos Correa was not the Minnesota Twins. Um, but to me, this is – I'm not necessarily worried about it. Um, I, here's, here's my issue with it. They saw an opening here. Somewhere, somehow, they – as an organization, they looked at the American League Central and said, hey, the door's not closed on this thing. To me, that – shows not and i mean it was told to me that the white Sox didn't do enough to pretty much have other teams in the division go Sox are going to run this division for a couple years i mean they left the door wide open they let they they you give teams hope when you don't make proper moves um and again i'm not saying that the white Sox don't have a roster that's going to win the the american league central because they do 
Um, and I think they're favor they're the second best odds to win the World Series, right? With what they have currently. But when you give teams like Minnesota a chance to go sign a Carlos Correa, now I don't think he'll be there for the entire three years. I think he might get flipped at the deadline, but that's just me, um, depending on where the Twins are at that season. But I just I don't like the fact that the Sox refuse to close, slam the door on teams in the Central. You know, obviously we know what Detroit's coming with, but but Minnesota, this was a team that we were all like, oh, okay, they're rebuilding this and that. What are they doing with Donaldson? That's a weird move. Next thing you know, they're signing Carlos Correa, and that's not going to be all that they do. They're going to go out and add around this, or else Carlos Correa wouldn't have signed there. And maybe he would have. I don't know. But See, here's my, here's my counterpoint to this, because from Minnesota's perspective as a small market team, they would only have to lose their third-round draft pick, which in reality would be their fourth overall pick so they have uh, you know teams like them and, and other small market teams like milwaukee um you know uh, st louis to an extent cincinnati you know those teams like that they have more incentive and it's not as costly for them to go out and sign a guy with a qualifying offer attached to them the way it is for a team like the Sox. and this is why when he leaves after one season assuming he's healthy and a normal productive carlos Correa, it's not going to hurt them and impact them as much as it would a non-small market team. So they can kind of get away with it a little bit more than a team like the Sox would. And I think that's part of the reason why we haven't seen the Sox sign Michael Conforto or, or some other players in recent vintage here. So that's one thing that, you know, Scott Boris really understands the system. And the fact of the matter is this whole thing was perpetrated by Scott Boris just because he knows that he couldn't get the commission on this deal this year. So he, he created and he structured this deal in a way so that it is three one-year yeah. deals. Correa has a normal, healthy Carlos Correa-type season here. He's going back out into the market this winter. And if you think about it, if you look at the landscape of large market teams that would potentially need shortstops after the 2022 season here, the Dodgers, if they don't extend Trey Turner, the Giants will be in the last year of Brandon Crawford. Xander Bogarts in Boston would be a free agent. You know, maybe he's got 12 months now to try to get the Yankees involved in the mix here. You got the Cubs potentially there. So he's got the ability now to be able to go and pit five large market teams against each other here. And get try to build. Exactly. And then he gets the commission on it. Right, which is what he what Scott Boris does best, better than anybody. So and I applaud him for that. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I'm not gonna hate the guy for I'm never gonna hate people for going and making money or know it being the best at what they do. Um, yeah, I just I I'm not worried about the twins yet. They're gonna I, they might be a pain in the ass for a little bit, but is what it is. I keep joking with my buddy who works for the twins, like, congrats on that signing for finishing in third place. But he doesn't like it very much. So when 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 you say that you're worried that the Sox didn't slam the door on this, that's the point that I want to go back to. And I think that there's we, – we've talked about this at length on this show, um, you know, the right field uh, thing that people want them to go and, and, and shore up, and then you've got, you know, another starter kind of there. What do you mean by slam the door? Because when I think of slam the door signings, I don't think of Michael Conforto. I, I don't really like uh, uh, the type of signing, not just uh, like this year's free agent right. class, 
But the slam the door signing doesn't have to be right now. It could have been before. It could have been before for sure. Correct. So where before down the line did the Sox make the mistake that Bryce Harper? Bryce Harper. That's the answer. Period. Paragraph. Next. It is because they 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 knew what they had coming up. They knew they had a center fielder. They knew they had a left fielder. You have your infield outside of second base pretty much done. You had all these starting pitchers coming up. You knew that you had arms that were going to be in the bullpen. You go out, sign a Liam Hendricks eventually, whatever the case is. Not doing what they should have done a couple years ago and signing Bryce Harper when they had a quote, you know, the famous quote, we had a seat at the table. Um, that, that one stung. And I think what I mean by closing the door, I think when you see a team that is as talented as the White Sox, Go out and solidify and make moves. Look at what the Los Angeles Dodgers do, right? Every single year, if they get a hole, it is filled. They don't, they, and they add. They don't just sit there and go, okay, we got our starting right fielder. No, they're going to keep going, you know? And now that they have prospects, you know, that can do that too. But I think what, where we get frustrated and where I, where again, this closed the door is it's the famous Kenny Williams quote or, you know, meme. Like, well, let's just stay healthy. You're keeping the door open by keeping holes there. Right. And trying to put tape on it. Okay. You know, like, oh, yeah. like, oh, okay. And again, nothing against Andrew Vaughn or Gavin Sheets, right? Because we know that they can perform, but you're not solidifying that stuff, right? Like you're not going out and going, all right, this is our division for the next F and five years. Watch what we do here. We're gonna get this guy, we're gonna fill, 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 fill. Instead, you're leaving holes and you're trying to like, okay, Josh Harrison at second base. I like the signing not a starting second baseman on a world championship team. That's just my opinion. Maybe so, I hope I'm wrong about that. My next, my, my next one here is the Craig Kimbrell trade. And I wanted to start to use this to evaluate where we are with Rick Hahn as a fan base, because the last time that Rick Hahn was in a position where he needed to make a deadline move, it was the James Shields acquisition that set this team back. Was the Craig Kimbrell trade another one of those major fuck-ups that happened along the way of this? Because if you go back and you remove that trade and you have Nick Madrigal starting at second base, you're not signing Josh Harrison this year. You don't need to move that money. You can go into the market with realistically only one hole in your lineup to go put that finishing touch on what's going on here. Maybe you don't lose Carlos Rodon from your rotation while all of this takes place because you don't have the Craig Kimbrell money on the books. Was that a major, major fuck up that could have ramifications over the course of the championship window? I don't think it was a fuck up personally. I I will make that move 10 times out of 10. They did the right thing. They thought that assembling a high octane bullpen was going to be their best way to be successful during the month of October. So I would make that move every single time. And I said from the moment that he was drafted that Nick Madrigal was the most replaceable, quote-unquote, core piece of of this group, just given his skill set. So I don't think that that was the wrong thing to do. We can talk a lot about whether or not the option should have been picked up and the ramifications that picking that up has had on the roster construction for 2022 here and beyond, that's a very valid discussion. And Rick Hahn deserves a lot of criticism for that. And, you know, one other thing that I wanted to kind of circle back to real quick here, Sean, you know, your point about closing the door when you have 
an opportunity to put a stranglehold on the division. You contrast what the Sox have done with their young core with the Toronto Blue Jays. You look at a team like Toronto, they have, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Kevin Biggio, um, Bo Bichette, you know, Lourdes Gurriel, Teoscar Hernandez, um, Alec Manoa. So they've got a core group right there. What have they done the last couple of years? They went out, Hunjin Ryu, George Springer, trade for Matt Chapman, go out and sign Kikuchi. So they're going out and they're augmenting that young core that is still cost-controlled right now. They're doing what the Sox should be doing right now. That's the yeah. contrast. Yeah, and and Tony, to your thing about Kimbrel, I'm not going to hate on Rick Hahn for doing it at the deadline. I I was okay with it. You're going out. You're making a playoff run. You're solidifying a bullpen. We've seen over the last how many years now, bullpens are crucial when it comes to making a playoff run and in the playoffs. And did it work out? No. Like he wasn't – where he fucked up was picking up the option. And I do think, and I saw this on the old Twitter machine today, that there was a, a there was a philosophy that like there was more to picking up that option that they thought that they'd be able to trade them. Um, and now you're you realize that yeah, that's that's not going to work, and uh, that's the fuck up. I'm just I'm wondering where you guys were with this because I've seen this on the Twitter machine a lot lately, and people are mad at them, and I I do agree with with something that both of you said i would have done the, the the trade all over again i did believe that nick madrigal was one of the most replaceable players on this team and i think that you know t- to that extent you can't go back and, and undo this but i think it's going to have and just you know where he did fuck up is having the option because i can make the argument the option to take the option or not because he pulled the trigger on that specific deal um, I don't know what else was available on the market at the time or what conversations he had around putting the finishing touches on the team last year. But if we go back to the trade deadline, I mean, I feel like a lot of people weren't exactly thrilled at that point in time with all of the moves that were made. If you go back to last offseason, we weren't thrilled with all of the moves that were made. We're never thrilled with, with we're never thrilled. We're never thrilled with what's going on. So it's important to take a step back, in my opinion, and try and evaluate what was good and what was bad because we're always unhappy. Yeah, no, I I I we're never happy when it comes to offseason moves or anything, right? Because we're White Sox fans and we know at the end of the day who's signing checks and who's who's giving that money away. And that's something that we'll never we'll never get to experience the Bryce Harper big signing day. And we'll we want it, right? We wish for it. We get told that, oh, the Sox are in the mix. Well, that's all good. The money will be spent. Yeah, the money will be spent, but it's it's spent on guys like Josh Harrison. Nothing against Josh Harrison. I think he's a good he's gonna be a good part on this team. But like I think we all get we get so wrapped up in seeing the big stars, the Nick Cassianos of the world, and, and the guys that are signing these four-year $90 million contracts and knowing that we're never going to be a part of it, but there's that hope, right? Like hope can drive a man insane, and that's what we have as a fan base is we have hope. Now, would I go back last July and make that trade for Kimbrel? Absolutely, because it was, it, was, it was the best move for them to do. They were solidifying the playoff run. Picking up the option is where the ramifications come in because now – you're hamstrung with money. You can't get rid of them. You have to pay it. You 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 had to fill gaps at second base. That yeah, we probably can survive with with second base. You don't know what you're doing in right field. You you've hamstrung yourself now by picking up that option. And now you got to hope that 
the future Hall of Famer can be the future Hall of Famer and be able to, to not pitch. And then he goes out in his first time in spring training. And again, not to be it's spring training, but like that's when the fan base gets all riled up and we're going, why the fuck do we do this? <laughs> yep. I mean, maybe if he's not pitching in the fourth inning, maybe the outcome would be different. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude. It's a mindset. Yeah. It's a mindset, Steve. Set the you tone, have to Steve. set the tone. You have to set the tone. If, if I haven't taught, if I've taught anyone on Twitter.com anything, it's that you have to set the tone on day one when you get to Arizona. That's it. You know, it's like I know, like it's 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 kind of a thing, but I do somewhat agree with it. <laughs> like I, I do as well, Sean. Because like, like, it's weird. I, like I I know we're like we're joking around a little bit, but like there's a back in my in the back of my head when it comes to the White Sox, like get this going now. Now, don't, don't you actually don't you actually kind of want to see it like as a baseball fan and also as somebody who's played baseball, like who's gone through practices and, and I mean, both of you guys have played at a higher level than I have. But like to an extent, like you do want to set the tone on day one. You want LaRusa to come in there, fire up the boys, put his a line up out and just go kick the kick the shit out of whoever you're playing on spring training day one and and you know you want the fireworks you want this team to set a message and carry it the realities behind it are just i mean it, it's almost comical well, because that's how that's not how it's treated yeah and then we end up with Luis robert running full speed running into a wall and limping and then we're going no i mean just just imagine if we could have actually seen it happen how oh my god Oh my God! It would have been the most in the White Sox Twitter community. It would have been the most retweeted video. Going, what are we doing? This is why you know. This is why we suck as an organization and and all that. No. But why are why are we like that, Sean? Steve, they did it to us. They, is is this like a long term you know health condition that I should be worried about, oh. Steve? We're in it. We're in an abusive relationship with our baseball team. That's what it is. It I really mean, is. It, look, we never get love back. We we always. Keep but didn't hoping. you guys enjoy some of the moments last season? Because I'm excited yeah, for the moments look, this season. Listen, last I want to put a positive season, spin. We we've been down the negative path. I, mean, I enjoyed hey, listen, this episode, I, the negative Nani episode. I enjoyed some spirit tonight. I enjoyed some date nights last year. Like that was cool. Like you know, we got some nice dinners and and some romantic uh, evenings. But at the end of the day, heart gets crushed. You've already broken up with the 2021 White Sox, Sean. <laughs> on to the next one. Steve. <laughs> right. Look, I mean, let's, I mean, in all seriousness, I mean, we know that this team is still good. And the fact of the matter is nine or 19 days from now, Anthony, we're going to be in lot B bright and early at eight o'clock in the morning. We're going to be having a couple. Yeah. Two, you think I'm going to be up at eight o'clock in the morning? That's your first mistake, Anthony. It's opening day. All right, I'm going to need you to grow a fucking pair. And opening need- day Eve is just as important as opening day, and it's the home opener too. So, and Anthony, you have to set the tone for the home schedule <laughs> yeah. with the home opener right there on April 12th. Okay? I'll be there about three o'clock with with Jello shots just to hand you guys as I walk in the gate. <laughs> terrible, terrible. <laughs> you you lack the fire and the passion. Hey, I'm getting older these days, yeah. Steve. You're the, you're the problem with this organization, Tony. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you're you're just not committed to this. You're you're not committed to excellence. Steve, you can't uh, Tony LaRusa follows me on Twitter. You, you can't be talking to me this way. <laughs> well, listen, I'd like to have a word with him about, you know, some of Sean's not aware that when you're Sean's not aware that when you're in the middle on this show, 
it, things te- seem to get like heated between the people on the outside. This is an interesting strategy. This is normally me and Buzz on, on the I'm, opposite I'm side of Steve. It. So this is like a, this is an actual introduction to what you're getting yourself into. Love it. I've gone soft. Sale says I've gone soft. I haven't gone soft. Still. It's it's hard to argue with that. I mean, you know, the, the Anthony that I used to know would have said, "Hey, you know what? It's opening day. Yeah, I'm going to get there with the Jello shots bright and early." And you know, hey, let's let's just, get after this. Hey, under you promise know? and over deliver. That's should be the White Sox motto as well. I say promise and deliver. Don't don't promise under promise. Get it go. Done. Just go <laughs> go out and get a job done. All right. One time. I was trying to be I was trying to be positive to start off this season of Socks on Tap. We've got a new co-host with us, Sean Roberts. Uh for those of you just tuning in, Sean is 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 part of the crew now and uh he's he's trying to gang up on me with with Steve here and <laughs> I'm getting called soft in the chat. This is great great start to the season. I guess I need to, you know, get out to spring training myself and figure this out. Just don't go running full speed into a wall. We, yeah, don't, need you, we don't need you limping away. Listen, no, we don't. I'm Speaking, trying to, I am trying to set the tone for Socks on Tap here in 2022. Steve's <laughs> got the energy. Uh, speaking of spring training, let's get to some actual spring training observations outside the ones that we've kind of just glossed over. Uh, you know, Eloy Jimenez, we brought that one up a little bit ago. He's looked damn good at the plate. Um, there's been some some – interesting outings from Dallas Keiko, Lucas Giolito, and a couple other of the starters. I want to start with Giolito because we talked about some of this contract stuff that's going on with him. Um, but when it comes to what he had on the mound, he looked fucking elite out there. Um, scary little slider. Um, just bringing some stuff on the outside part of the plate that looks absolutely unhittable to me. I'm liking what I'm seeing it, it's kind of soured on me because of the whole contract situation, but he looks like he's bringing his stuff. And if he's going to play in a somewhat contract type year, you know, we talked about, you know, some stuff even before we got on here about what's going to go on with Lucas Giolito. But if he's going to bring that in, in sort of a contract year type state here, and he wants to go perform on the big stage. I'm feeling pretty confident that we're not going to get some of the same versions of Lucas Giolito where you're seeing some of the laxical daisicalness that, Sean, you, Steve, and I have, have talked about in the past. I think that's the kind of Lucas Giolito this staff needs to get through this year, especially with this shortened spring training and, and somebody who's going to take the ball and go run out there and try and get some shit done. What do you guys think? Ace needs to be an ace, right? Like that, he wants to be the guy. You got to be the guy. And and you've seen that in his first outing, not again, spring training, but he looked good. Um, his, pitches, his pitches were what we expect what i'm interested in seeing in lucas this year is is how he handles himself on the mound i think last year and tony we talked a lot about it via text um in 2020 and even and before that he wasn't a guy that showed a lot of emotion maybe getting pumped up every every now and then which guys are going to do right but where i saw what you're saying i mean there's going to be people who might say that Lucas julio is very intimidating it 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 is what it is but where where i think where I would like to see Lucas improve, and I hope that he has improved, is when things are going south or you're not getting a call or you're, or guys are making errors or whatever the case is, you got to bear down, man. The, the second that you start throwing your hands up in the air, shaking your head, they got you. They got you. 
Um, and that one of the first things that I was ever taught when it comes to pitching, obviously Lucas Giolito, a lot more advanced in the world of pitching than I am, but is don't show emotion on the mound. When things are going bad, battle through it via your mindset. And we heard all these things about how he was, you know, talking to sports psychologists and breathing through his eyes or whatever. I don't, I don't know whatever he was doing, but I'd be interested to see if that, that specialist or doctor was like, Hey, when things are going South on the mound for you, make sure you become a big baby bitch. Like, and, and, and people can hate me for saying that, but it's what it looks like. And Tony, we talk, we literally texted every time he pitched and goes, when's it coming? Because you can coming. see it, you can see it start see to build. It. You see right. it start to build, and then it's it's one thing after the other, and it's almost like you can predict what's going to happen next. Yep. And, yep. Then, and then, because when I, he's I, on, I know it all too when well. he when he's on, you don't see the 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 arms flailing up in the air and the the heavy breathing and the and the looking at the umpire. You don't see any of that, right? So this is just reading body language. It's body language, and it's it's a crucial thing when you're pitching. So. I know Lucas's stuff's going to be there, right? But if you want to be the ace, if you want to be the guy that is the dude, right? And you're you want that money, you got to go out and not only perform but show that you're that ace. Like no show that your shit don't stink, right? Like in that confidence. Don't whine because you got you didn't get a strike call. You know? I I that's what I'm interested in seeing in Lucas and I was impressed with his first outing. Um, especially with everything going on off the field with him right now with the organization. Um, it was just, it, I hope that it can continue. You know, from my perspective, the one thing that's been interesting to me is, and it was talked about a lot on Twitter.com, is how beefed up he got over the winter. Dude is. He, he made Michael Kopech look small when they were standing next to each yeah. other. And that, and that is saying something right there. So, it's interesting to me, and and obviously it shows that he took his offseason preparation very seriously here, yeah. um, coming into the season, and, and he wants to be the guy that be that horse and be that top of the rotation guy that's going to be able to go out there and give you six, seven innings with consistency every fifth day, and that's really what this team is going to need, given some of the question marks that they have at the back end of the rotation. Uh, you know, Michael Kopech is going to be on an innings limit this season. You don't know what you're going to get from Diamond Dallas Keuchel. And, you know, then you look at. Didn't you, know, you text or tweet out at some point? It was text or tweet uh, wondering if Diamond Dallas was hashtag back. I'm not sure if you made any confirmations on that. Sorry for the breaking news bulletin. But, Steve, uh, did you find anything out there? You know, my I've, I've reached out to my sauce, hashtag sauces. And, um, you know, as. As I like to say, working to confirm. Okay. It's entirely possible that that you know what, he might be getting diamond cut by Hollywood Hogan, and it might be all over for him. He might be uh, you know getting put out to pasture. You know, that could very well happen. And he and he and Hulk Hogan just too old to play, or the, too many injuries. <laughs> look, look, too many injuries. That that can happen. You know, it's it's part of what life. do you what do you guys need? So obviously, Keiko's going to be back into the, uh, back into the rotation guy, right? Like he's no longer the top three. He's going to be probably five. What do you expect from him, or what do we need? What do the White Sox need him to be able to go out and do? Because he's not going to be able to throw shutout innings, right? Like that's not going to happen. So get fifteen, get fifteen outs. Get 15 outs and keep this team within striking with, 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 within two runs. Yeah, you know if you do that every fifth day, you you take your chances. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's I, ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I think you get get through four, maybe five, because you don't want to go through that lineup at, at max more than t- twice with them. Um, you get through five, and then what do we do? We loaded up the bullpen, right? Every fifth day, those boys are going to have to work. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I think the – So we hope, the, right? I, but that's kind of what I think the offseason plan was, like – we know that we're going into the back, like the back end of this rotation with some question marks. We know that we're not bringing back Carlos Rodon. We need the strongest bullpen that we can possibly fucking have. So let's go sign these guys. I mean, it's not, it, it, it's not a traditional off season plan that you see with a team at this stage. No, but I can kind of see some rationale behind bringing in Joe Kelly, bringing in Kendall Graveman. He's, keeping Craig Kimbrell at this point in time because I think that they wanted to move him for a starter. That's my yeah. thought. Yeah. Crochet. Yeah. Yeah. So the, the, there's a reason this bullpen is, is was, was strong and, before and they kind of added to it. And you don't know what Ryan they're going to do with Lopez either. You don't know. Yeah, you what, don't know what they're going to do with Lopez. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's, that's what it's going to have to be, but here's the other thing too. Remember going into last year, all we heard was how great the white Sox bullpen is going to be this and that. And they have all these flamethrowers and, and what we were the first few months on the last show? Yep. What were the what were the first few months? They were awful, you know. So then we're we're sitting there going, well, what do we do now, right? Now, mm-hmm. granted, luckily we play in the American League Central, um, but that's not really the case anymore, at least in my opinion. So I think the the one good aspect of it though is given the volatility of bullpens from a year to year basis, you know, they were statistically they ended up like first or second in all of baseball in a lot of different metrics as far as like strikeout rate, um, ground ball rate, and, and a number of different things. They they gave up a lot of untimely home runs. That was really their Achilles heel last year. So if they limit that. I feel like that's year, been the Achilles heel for a long fucking time. Long it, time. It, it, it has been, you know, definitely. But I think those things can be really cyclical with bullpens. And from, you know, from a year-to-year basis, you can see some significant fluctuations with it. And if you see the bullpen as a core unit, their home run fly ball rate actually kind of migrate back down to league average right there. That's going to be significant from this team from a run prevention standpoint. Well, I mean, if you keep Craig Kimbrell on the team alone and his returns back to what he had in the first half of last season, it, that's a vastly different bullpen before yes, you is. add Joe Kelly and before you add uh, Kendall Graveman. So that Throw. there in and of itself is, I mean, there's reason to look at the upside here. They, they need to throw strikes. They need to throw strikes. It was a, it was a thing all last season that they struggled with. Um, and it was exposed in the playoffs. I mean, how many, and, and you could throw that in the starting rotation too, but I mean, look how much it hurt in that Houston series. I think at one point Houston had what, like, twelve walks or something like that. You, you got that bullpen. If it's going to be as strong as we think it is, they need to come in, and they can't be getting down two zero to hitters. They need to come in, and they they need they need to throw strikes. They need to. If that bullpen is able to go out there and get ahead of guys o two with oh yeah at, yeah, then they can just go out there and just fucking bury people. Because yeah, they, it'll be lights out. Yeah, they've got guys that have the weapons to go out there and just absolutely bury guys and end at bats quickly. And that's, you know, to your point, Sean, I mean, that is going to be paramount for them here in 2022. 
I would I would tend to agree. And it, 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 the same way that the untimely home run is cyclical, I think some of those going out there and going 2-1, 2-0, 3-1 to some of these hitters and serving that stuff up is is basically like the, the predecessor to what we're talking about here. And we've seen it because it's this it's the same thing, not not the same thing, but it's almost the exact same sort of feeling, Sean and Steve, because we talk about it all the time. Here trots in some guy from the bullpen, doesn't matter who it is, runner on first or second, first pitch ball, second pitch ball, and then the phones start lighting up. Here we go again. That's not what I want to be doing this year. I don't think that either of you guys want to be doing it again either. If this team wants to get where we want them to, that can't happen. It can't, like, how, because look what it did last year, right? Like, bullpen struggled to start the year, so our starters were going longer because we had to. Then our starters started getting gassed, right, and our bullpen finally figured it out. Well, then we get into the playoffs, and our starters can't throw strikes throughout in the second inning, and then our bullpen comes in, and they fell flat because they're gassed from the whole second half of having to carry the team. So you need – there needs to be a balance. That's – when I look at the beginning of this year, I need a balance from the pitching staff. I need starters to be able to go five or six. I need the bullpen to be able to come down and finish the last three. You know, like that's what I'm going to be looking for. Now, on days where Dallas is going three innings, right, but he's given up two runs and you just don't want to see him go against the, the lineup again, those are days that the bullpen is going to have to carry weight. But when Lucas is on the mound, when Lance is on the mound, when Dylan Cease is on the mound, God damn it, Dylan Cease, get out of the fourth inning for one time in your career. Um, that's like, going to be a major key to this season. Yes. This is going to be an absolute major key to this season. He has become that, the vocal point of that rotation. Right. Last year you had him as is kind of a guy that you know coming into the season. What would you guys slate him as like your number four guy behind Giolito and Rodon? Well, now he's up in that front three in this rotation, and I don't think that that question mark that I've had with with Dylan Cease, which is Dylan Cease in the first or second inning home run or jam that he gets himself into, that story is another tale as old as time. I don't want to watch it again. If this is if this rotation's going to be successful, you can't have just one, two, three, because what's gonna spell disaster is a bad Lucas Giolito start that tumbles into a Lance Lynn. And Lance Lynn last year did not go a deep into that many ball games. You see him start to get the hook in the fifth. If he's your number two guy and you only get one to three innings out of Lucas Giolito, that rotation's going to tumble its way through for a whole next turn, and that bullpen gets overworked. It it will probably happen at one point during this season, and that's going to be the roughest stretch we go through. Unless Dylan Cease can get through those and, and, and stop doing this, whatever it is. 30 pitches in the first inning. <laughs> yeah, it, it, the, the high pitch count, the, the two runs on the board. And then, you know, he's out of the game in, in the fourth. He's got to get through the fourth. Dylan Cease, I think, in a lot of ways is going to be an X factor for this team and for the rotation in particular. I mean, And he's he, got the stuff. Right. We, we, all, we all know that. I mean, if he takes that next jump, um, then this team is going to be in a much better position because then if that happens, you could almost make the case that now Lance Lynn can can kind of slot back to a number three yep. in the rotation here, and the that pressure makes, doesn't get put on him, right? And this that makes this team that much more dangerous, right there. 
So, well, I mean, could you imagine throwing Lance Lynn against some of the other threes in the AL Central, depending okay. on how you line up that schedule? That's good nasty. luck, you little slapdick motherfuckers. <laughs> You're not wrong, though. I mean, but he, Dylan Cease, because of, and again, we got a few weeks here to opening day, but because of they didn't go out and get a starter, Dylan Cease becomes that much more important. We knew he was going to be in the rotation, but this is. This is the time, right? Like, this is the time he needs to take that next step and be that number two. I don't, we don't need Dylan Cease to be a three. We need him to be a number two because then it gives Lance Lynn an, a, a possibility of going against another number three and all that pressure. Obviously, Lance Lynn wants the pressure on him, but he's not, it's, it's not going to be forced upon him, right? And then we don't know what we're getting out of Kopech. We know, we, we don't know what Dallas Keuchel is going to do, right? So, to be able to solidify three games out of or three days out of five, it's what we need, man. It's what we need. And Dylan ceases he's the X factor for that. So coming back to some other spring training observations before I want to get to a couple of uh, baseball rule housekeeping notes. Um, just looking through, you know, some of the stats that I see here, um, uh, just for for spring training so far. Looks like Liam Hendricks already in, in mid-season form here pretty much. Not too worried about Liam Hendricks. Uh, we talked a little bit about Dallas Keuchel How has his already. profanity been on the mound? That's the key. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I that, that's I what, that's what it, we really need to it, measure here. Was it the first the first day that they were able to report and he was throwing a live key and he was yeah. already, oh, shit, damn it. Yeah, I know. We, got, we, we have Craig Kimbrell out there with yeah. a, what is it, a 54 ERA uh, right now in spring training. I'm just – I'm trying to tee up here, Steve. I'm just, I'm, let's, I mean, let's go over to some of the hitters. Maybe I want some overreaction on uh, on Cespedes out there. Give me the the overreactor version on that. I, I, mean, go I, to mean, Craig I mean, listen. Given what we've seen much from, given what we've seen from Milwaukee Cespedes at this point, is it too early to start thinking about bronzing the statue? <laughs> I mean, we got to be real about this. I, I mean, right? You know, Steve. I, I just want to make sure that we get through the retirement. And and unretirement first before we start bronzing the statue. I, I mean, we got to think about this here. You know, I mean, twenty thirty five isn't that far away. No, you know? it's not. So we got we got to start preparing for this sort of thing. Yeah, I here's in in all seriousness, though. I said it in our in our text chat the other day. He'll be our starting right fielder by the end of the year. Do you actually really believe? I that? truly believe that he will be. They will. They will. He'll kill it in Double A or wherever he starts. We know. Adolfo will be I, in Oakland. Yeah, like he'll be <laughs> or some, Arizona. Yeah, some obscure team where like in five years we'll hear like he'll hit a, you know 20 home runs or something like that. Um, but I, I, I truly believe like right now I think you're going to have it's going to be Sheets. It's going to be Vaughn, Lori, like that. Those are that's your right field, right? And then when Cespedes or they think it, or he's ready, I and I do think it'll come this year. Um Adam Engel got some game action, I believe, today. Do you think Adam he's, Engel's not a, he's not a starter, though? He's not a starter. You don't and think he's going to get a couple of starts here and there to start? He'll get, the no, he'll get starts here he'll and get there. Start, he'll get his starts against. I thought Rockies. White Sox State fixed his swing, though. <laughs> but I, it, I love Adam Engel. I love him being able to come in in the eighth or ninth inning and being so a defensive I. replacement. But I still you know. think he's going to wind up starting a couple of games. He's and, he's and that's gonna okay. the, He's going to be the guy. He's going to be in right field when left-handed pitchers are on the mound. Yeah, and that's you know, okay. You'll see, you'll see him in right field, and then you'll see Vaughn at DH, and you know that's really kind of an optimized lineup. And then that's going to allow them to 
kind of negate some of the defensive issues with yeah. Aloy in left field. And this, the that, Sox- that's gonna that's gonna be the the biggest issue that I see with this whole right field scenario is now you're putting Luis Robert. <laughs> I shortened it up for for the viewers at home. We don't we don't want to scare any children. You know, or set off any car alarms or what? I don't forget what happened last time. Somebody kicked over a coffee or something. It, it hey, it, it happens. Um, but they're putting him at tremendous risk, being flanked by a group of guys that just simply can't play Bunch corner of outfield. Slap dick motherfuckers in the outfield. <laughs> no, I'm but I'm with you, Steve. And and the thing is, is yeah, Adam Angle's going to start, and he's a guy that you want on your roster, right? He's a guy that you want on that on that coming off that bench the problem with the white Sox is they have plenty of guys that are those are guys i want on my team those are guys i want on my roster right problem is are those guys are starting in positions that they probably shouldn't be starting in, and that's where we get frustrated but adam Engel's going to start a few games here i there, think but- i think if it, i mean i know larry's going to get some starts out there too and people are going to be mad online hashtag mad online we, we got seven right fielders we do, but none of them are great, and that's why we go back to Bryce Harper. <laughs> you know, I, I, it's just going to be a rotating carousel, and people are going to be mad at that. And I think the I, I want to say that the root of this problem goes back to Bryce Harper, and that's why we're trying to settle for Michael Conforto. Um, yeah. Th- thoughts on where Danny Mendick winds up in this in this whole mess? Another guy, another great guy that we went on the roster, right? Charlotte. <laughs> The signing of Josh Harrison kind of solidified that probably Danny's going to be down in, in AAA. If you're Danny Mendick, that's got to be so frustrating. That's that's life. Name of the game. Zach Remillard. Zach Remillard going to see any at bats this year? Listen, you know, uh, I mean, he he. This hit, is the this is the speed round. He hit a big home run the other day. You know, you gotta you gotta start to question: Could he be the answer at second base? This is a question we need to ask. I mean, the Coastal Carolina product, you know, he's been in the system for a while. This might be his time. Okay. You think you think Aldolfo finally gets gets the call? Yeah, in Arizona. I think he does. I think Adolfo breaks camp with he's gonna he, he has to though, right? Like yeah. that's his there's there's just no if if they do, that is the dumbest use of a roster spot that you can possibly make. Where where are the at bats coming from? Right field. So, so everybody gets one day so, in right field. So you're, so you're sitting one day a week. In, so you're sitting <laughs> Andrew Vaughn. You're sitting Andrew Vaughn and your baby boy for a guy that has had strikeout rates ranging if I'm from at, 35 to 40 first career, If I'm at his, if, if he if he hits his first career home run on, at the home opener, he will become my next favorite player. So that's all that matters, Steve. He's he's a Birmingham Baron great. They're gonna hang a they're gonna build a statue for him. He's played there 15 years. So we got to keep moving in the speed round. Brian Ramos, 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 Brian, the third baseman, went yard. Steve, what are your thoughts? I think uh, that's obviously the heir apparent to uh, Yoan Moncada when uh, his contract is up in a couple of years. I mean, that's pretty obvious. How about Dwight Smith? Are we going to see some Dwight Smith, Sean? <laughs> It's the most awkward. Okay, I got uh, no, <laughs> no. It was uh, the game I was watching the other day. I think he was hitting second. And I was like, "What are we doing here?" You got. You really got to start to question this lineup construction that's going on with Tony. And see, now all of a sudden, Steve, Steve is is making some sense here, and that's why spring training overreactor. But is it, um, guys? That's all I've really gotten to see from spring training. Some baseball notes that I just we need to get to. 
the fact that the White Sox are not available to watch and overreact to on a daily basis during spring training is becoming very frustrating to me. How are you guys feeling about this year's broadcast of, of spring training? Because I think that's a relevant subject. In the year of our Lord 2022, the fact that I can't watch every spring training baseball game is just mind-numbing to me. We have the technology. Fucking get a camera crew out there. What, what are we doing? <laughs> John? Listen, this plays into a bigger thing, and, and the fact that baseball makes it extremely hard to watch. I live in a state, and this has nothing to do with the games even being available. Like today, they didn't even have a camera crew for either team to be able to do this. But I live in a state where I am blacked out of six teams, and I and that doesn't have a Major League Baseball team. So in a sense, I am blacked out of 12 teams if they're playing, obviously playing against each other. Therefore, in the state of Iowa, every single night, you are blacked out from half the league. Does that not, make sense? Not great, Bob. Didn't somebody no. take out a didn't somebody take out a billboard for the Field of Dreams game just for probably, that specific reason? Probably, yeah. And th- listen, it is a constant it's a constant topic that is talked about and I'm all for it. Listen, I have YouTube TV so I'm able to get NBC Sports Chicago. I watch every single game. I will not be buying Apple Plus because that's just adding another streaming service. So if the Sox end up playing a doubleheader or not uh, playing on part of that Apple Plus doubleheader Friday night stuff, that's a game I'm going to have to miss because I'm not I'm not doing that. Um, but as far as the spring training, the Steve line Murphy, has been drawn in the sand. He's dude, I got like I got like ten streaming services. I can't, I'm not paying for anymore. I'm done. I'm tapped out. Steve, would you, are you paying for the Apple service? <laughs> I will a great find question. Some, I got to figure out the answer to this myself. I will find some bootleg measure to be able to watch the game, or find someone who has, um, you know, Macintosh TV that will give me their login information. Um, I will I guess we're watching not. these games in my garage. <laughs> hey. It's been it's pretty much been settled at this point. If, if yeah. that's what has to happen, that's what has to happen. No, I guess it, we're watching these games in my garage. They need to the, the spring training that needs to be every if this if you're listen if you're gonna black out games during the regular season, every single spring training game as long as it's not played on the backfields needs to be broadcasted. You know, I I I would want backfield coverage all day. Oh, it'd be I great. want dr- I want drone backfield coverage. Like ML MLB, team, don't you have like, a drone, Anthony? Can't you can't you just go out there yourself and? and I can't. Provide the, some you you were there for the drone experience at my house. It was almost a Trevor Bauer incident uh, with the <laughs> drone. Um, I think I flew it into my 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 dad um, once or twice. Maybe flew it into the to the to the roof. It was not a good idea. I haven't flown the drone since. That was the first time I've ever tried to fly a drone. My son was very disappointed, um, but. You know, I, I want I want drone footage. I want you know just cutscenes of of you know BP all day, just to ambiently watch while I'm working. Like that would be so fucking cool if the MLB through like the app let you just go into the team. It's like watch practice. You know, you see some of that stuff sometimes with hockey. You see it with other sports. Like why can't I just have live stream footage of what's going on at the fields? all day to watch these guys. One thing that was cool when the 2020 shortened season happened and they moved the spring training back over to, uh, you know, uh, each team's like home stadium 
was when the White Sox were broadcasting from there, and you got to see them play uh, you know, inter squad games yeah. and scrimmaging themselves and all that other stuff. I want that on twenty four seven versus a like a you know just a sports talk show with beat writers who come on and talk about what's happening. That's just my opinion. I would rather just consume that all day. Done. I think that would be a huge and, and awesome move for the baseball fan experience because you can kind of cover it the same way golf is covered. Just so you mean bounce re- around. You mean reruns, reruns of the Missouri Valley Conference uh, lacrosse championship. From I don't want to watch that. Are not that appealing <laughs> to you. I don't want to watch that. Steve. You know, it's, here's the thing, Tony, though, is all that sounds great and it benefits the game and it, and it, 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 exposes the game and and helps it grow so baseball won't do that so because they they'll do the exact opposite and they'll make sure that you know we don't want people watching our our product the argument's going to be we don't want that covered because you know that's going to lead to scouting and cross all this teams send scouts down to go watch each other play all the fucking time and, and watch all this stuff so i don't buy that sean the the only reason that i can get to is exactly what you said. They're not going to do that. Instead, they're just going to make the bases bigger and they're going to go put another runner on second base in extra innings this year to shorten their product. Just uh, if we're going to put a sock spin on this, uh, just pray for Garrett Crochet. Pray for him. I, I hope I never have to see that man enter the 10th inning with a runner on second ever again. I hope Tony finds somebody else to do that this year. Cause that, I mean, how many games did that happen last year? And within two minutes, we were down a run. Steve, you and I were just talking about the, <laughs> the bunt. Oh, on, on Garrett Crochet. It's just such an effective strategy. Do you think he's, he's figured that out this year? It'd be nice to see on the backfields of your I, I would, yeah, that's, that's the kind of stuff that I want to watch. I would I hope there's to, some PF, some PFP going on there. Jose, Jose Ruiz, Jose Ruiz came into a ball game. I believe it was today. <laughs> Things that we don't want to see in 2022, Jose Ruiz, top of the list. You got a lot of hatred for Jose Ruiz, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big Jose Ruiz fan. Johnny and I did an episode when when Jose Ruiz went on like a nice little like three game stretch where he was absolutely lights out. We said that Jose Ruiz was underappreciated, and ever since that day, it's never been the same. So I remember um, seeing him in Birmingham in 2018 and thinking, this guy, this guy might be a viable major league reliever. So are are you a Jose Ruiz guy, Steve? I haven't I haven't really talked this one out with you. Um I mean he's fine as a low leverage guy. You know, I think he had he had a spurt last season where he was throwing the ball really well and he put himself in a position to be able to get some higher leverage opportunities and so I, put him in those roles and he didn't succeed. And that's you know, that happens. He's a great cleanup guy. And that's that's guy. where I go to like what's Velasquez gonna be doing? Because there I th- uh, B-Flow from the 108 tweeted out the other day something about, you know, Vince Velasquez and how he's had all this stuff. And we talked about on the last show, Steve, you know, that's got to be somebody that Ethan Katz sees something in in order to bring him in. That's will fix him. Right. And so the thought process there is maybe he's your mop-up guy. And I asked and I posed the question to him. It's a beautiful August afternoon. We're at the ballpark. 
around the you know sixth seventh inning and Mr. Velasquez is strutting in from the bullpen. Are we happy to be there right now, or are we not happy to be there right now? And I want to know what you guys think. I have a hard time envisioning Vince Velasquez on this team come August. That's just me. Unless something changes drastically. And if Ethan Katz really does fix him, I just have a hard time seeing it. Yeah. Uh I think I think you're not too thrilled in the ballpark if uh, if he's coming into a ball game. Now, Tony's going to put him in a situation where it's going to be a, a show show me type deal. You know, it'll happen on a Sunday afternoon game in Seattle where like all the odds are stacked against us or some shit, and he'll <laughs> blow it, and and then we won't see him in that le- we won't see him in that situation ever again. We'll see him on a Tuesday night when we're up seven to two. Where's, where's Johnny right now? Is he controlling this show? No, like, do no, you guys have here's, your here's, chat going this, with Johnny? This, or like, just I'm gonna drop every negative. This organization comment. has has just beaten me down so bad. That's one of the reasons I'm so excited, Tony. It's not just to get talk about talk White Sox. I get to bitch. I get to bitch and complain go. to people that care that get it. You know, here I'm just I'm talking into. You know, everyone's like, "Oh, the White Sox suck again." Okay, whatever. Here, like, the Sox don't suck, and that's that's kind of why no, I no, want to finish. No, like... <laughs> you just you just want to keep rolling, man. I just want to keep go bitching. Let me bitch. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Sean's bitch session. Um, no, I just uh, no. It, I it, back to last guys. He no. This is no good. Comes from this thing. All right, interesting thoughts because I, I saw some stuff out there on Twitter. You know, just I hope I'm wrong. That, the 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 sentiment there was this is an opportunity that you take it's very low cost and it doesn't matter if he's going to go out there and eat those innings my thought behind this is i like vince velasquez over jose ruiz in in that spot just because i think he's has the potential to be a little more stretched out provide a little bit of different stuff God, if that's not then, the White then, Sox then, way of doing business, then then low then, cost then, and he's got a lot of potential. Jose Ruiz, yes, <laughs> yes. This is this. These are the things that we need to discuss and, and hammer out here, Sean. Oh, it's gross. It's who gross. do you who, who who do you who do you want in the in the mop up role? I don't. Care. Obviously, got to have somebody. So yeah, it's, it's going to be Ross Detweiler. Oh, big boss. Big Jesus. boss Ross or Odrisim or Despagne. Longtime favorite of the show. Very longtime favorite of the show. Guys, the the runner on second base rule. We started to talk about it. It came back. Steve, oh. I haven't given you a chance to to get mad online about this one. I want to give you the chance to get mad online about this one. We're not playing college softball here. That's not what we're doing. We're playing Major League Baseball. What are we doing here? I I mean, it's obvious that we've got a group of people running this sport that simply don't like baseball. And they don't want people to be at baseball games. They don't want people watching baseball games. They want to do everything they can to deter that behavior and get people to watch, you know, the lesser fields and, and such. You know, it's just, I, I don't get it. I'll never understand it. Um, why Rob Manfred continues to try to placate to people that 
have never and will never like baseball is something that will never make sense to me. But here we are. I'm with you, man. I'm with you, Steve. I, I, the, what he's doing, or, and just it, it's it's constantly all this all this shit, this this speed clock, and and all that. It caters to people because every October you get a broader audience, right? You get people that haven't they might have watched a few games all year, but now they're watching it on TBS, and it's it's on a Monday night, and it's a playoff game. And they go, holy shit, this is a four-and-a-half-hour game. I don't have time for this. Go back to game three of the White Sox against the Astros. It's like the third inning, and it was already two hours in almost, right? Mm-hmm. That's To the average fan, not even I'm not even going to call them the average fan. To the fan that tunes in, they're like, well, fuck this, right? That's who he caters to. And, and it, it goes back to everything, right? Like the blackouts. And it, it's all this shit that isn't needed. You need to focus on other things, right? Focus on getting the blackout situation done. But instead, we have bigger bases and we have a runner on second, right? And pretty soon, we're going to have robot umpires and a speed clock. That's not helping grow the game. Growing the game is letting people watch your product, right? Like, it's just the runner on second thing is uh, it's fucking softball. It's fucking bullshit. And it, it pisses me off to no end. And it costs, it costs teams wins, it does, and and to me, people bitch about it. It, it's the same thing as the NFL, right? And you look at overtime, and if a, if a team scores a touchdown first, that other team doesn't get to get a shot. They only get a shot if they stop them or they or they give up a field goal. How many times did we watch it last year? And granted, we're a little bit more personal to it because it happened to the White Sox a lot, mm-hmm. and maybe Garrett Rocher. Um, but, like, how many times did we start a 10th inning and all of a sudden within two minutes we were down by one run or down two runs, right? Like, it's just – I don't like it. It's, I think it takes away the momentum of a team yes, that comes yes. back in the ninth inning. And all of a sudden that pitcher who goes out there when you normally have a tie ball game is already rattled because he's starting with a guy on second base. And then it just puts managers in, in, in just it's absolutely weird, ridiculous yeah. positions to try and figure out what to do here because you, nine times out of 10, I felt like when you would come back in the bottom of the ninth inning to force extras, and then you'd go out there and you would either, you know, run your closer out for a second uh, inning, or you'd bring in your next best guy out of the bullpen. It's like, you start to see people sacrifice either. Do we play the walk here? What do we do? Mm. And it's just, it's unnatural. It's it's a break in the element of the game. It doesn't feel right. And it, it, it shortens the experience and makes it feel cheap. Yep. That's what, what it, it is. It, it's exactly yeah. what it does, man. It's we, the, the thing with baseball is the, the issues that need to be fixed, they don't get fixed and the places where they aren't issues, they make issues. So it's just, it's, it's a constant baseball is going to baseball and they get in their own way. Right. It's like it's like uh, Joey Votto said a couple of years ago. I don't want less baseball. I want more. Give me more of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry, and if I'm an owner, I'm going. This is money out of my pocket, right? Money out of my pocket, in a sense. You're shutting down, and I don't know. You know, maybe with the whole concession stand shit, but like, you're 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 having the fan experience come to an abrupt end very quickly. You know. Everyone loves well, free baseball. Everyone loves extra innings. The people that ex- are there. To an extent, I, I will make the argument for an owner. I don't know, you know, from a concession standpoint, 
if that makes much sense. If you got beer sales that shut down in right. the and, and inning, when they I said probably want that things. thing to get wrapped up as yeah. fast as they possibly can because yeah. they're paying employees to wait and clean up after everyone. So I yeah. I definitely think that there might be some sort of cost savings behind that rule. <laughs> but, you know, I feel like if the game goes into extra innings, they should open up the beer lines for just like – one more round for everybody, or maybe just send a vendor through, make sure that everybody's okay. Cheapens um, the product, man. Cheapens yeah, the product. But, but it cheapens the product, especially if you're at home, like sitting on the couch watching the game, and you, you just you're like, all right, I'm locked in for extra baseball. I know you guys probably feel the same way. Locked in for extra baseball. You throw that runner out on second base, and all of a sudden it's over in a second. Like you said, cheapens the experience. Guys, I don't have anything else to really get to, so I'm going to go yeah. around for, for final thoughts here on, on the first episode of the new season of Socks on Tap. Sean, this has been fun uh, having you on board. Uh, you and Negative Nani are going to have some competition uh, throughout oh, this season, listen, I think. Like I, like I keep saying, i got a place to bitch now. This is great. Um, no, but i happy to be a part of it. Looking forward to a, a fun year doing this and, and – uh, yeah, man. Hopefully, come end of October, we're we're able to celebrate a World Series, and this is only the beginning of it. So, ready for the run. My biggest thing, Anthony, is uh, well, actually, two things. You know, Sean, awesome to have you on board here, man. Um, been a, been a big fan of you for a long time, and really want to see this team get back on track starting tomorrow. They drop three out of four here. Um, you got to start putting together some positive momentum here. Again, you got to, you got to set the tone in Arizona. It's been established. Jay Kuda, he, he tweeted out some stuff earlier today talking about um, winning percentages amongst the last five world Saw series that. champions in spring training. It's echoing literally everything I've been saying for weeks and some people out there in the Twitter realm, they laughed and they told me that I was crazy and that I didn't know what I was talking about. Oh, gee, look at that. The numbers, they show you have to set the tone. Hashtag facts only. He got validated. <laughs> Somebody verify that guy. <laughs> <laughs> Boys, it was fun. We're going to be doing this a lot throughout this year i'm ready for the grind i hope you guys are too sean my final thoughts we got to get you out to lot b this this season for a nice yeah. little tailgate party um you, you, plan, you man. make it out to the ballpark yeah, at all? so so i uh i did some looking at the schedule uh god was it, maybe last week and i told i've already discussed with the girlfriend like hey we're making a trip home I'm going to i'm going i'm I went to a Sox game in Kansas City last year. It wasn't the same. I'm going to the – I need to get to the G spot, right? We got to go. And uh, we looked at the schedule. Well, the Sox just happened to play at home on my birthday in July, um, Saturday night game against Cleveland. That's a guarantee. I will be July 23rd, Saturday night, will be there, lot B. Um, as far as anything else, it all just kind of depends on the schedule, honestly. Um, it's always tough for me. Obviously, weekdays are pretty much out of the question. Uh, and weekends, I got to be a little bit careful because I do host a Saturday morning radio show. So um, I can do it on location, but which has become easier. So there might be a time where I'm just like, hey, coming in this weekend, going to the game. But, uh, but yeah. Good stuff, Sean. Why don't you tell everyone who is is tuned into this? I know you've done it as a guest before. 
but I want everybody to to know where they can find you on the internet and uh, you know just uh, give you a chance here to uh, to to let them go find you there. So I'll turn it to you back for one more. Yeah, um, you can find me on Twitter at uh, Sean Twenty Three Roberts. Um, if you're ever just like, hey, I miss hearing that guy's voice. I haven't heard him in a week or so. Um, you can catch me on the iHeartRadio app. I do a morning show Monday through Friday on uh, 106.3 KXNO and then also on Saturdays as well. I do my own other separate podcast with my buddies, but I won't plug that necessarily on here. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so you can find me. I'm most active on Twitter. Um, that's, where, that's where you'll find me the most. So. All right, guys, uh, just the final housekeeping notes. Be sure you're going to ontapsportsnet.com for all your Chicago sports literature podcasting needs. Follow us at Socks on Tap on Twitter, uh, at ONTAP Sportsnet as well. Uh, go subscribe to the YouTube so that you know when we're live uh, during the season, especially. We'll be on here doing post-game shows throughout the year, as well as some extended shows. Hop in the comments, chat. Thanks to everybody who did come in here today. Uh, we had a guy sail. Uh, Jordan Miller was in here. I saw a guy, uh, uh, Mike Meyer, was in here. He talked about Sean's evening dump when you were giving your rant. Uh, thanks for everybody <laughs> who came in here. Uh, it's, it's always a good time. It's always a good time and many more good times to come. Uh, I've got to keep an eye on the negativity around here, and apparently I've gone soft. So I've got to get to some training. i got to drink a few more beers tonight, and then maybe I'll, I'll get hey. my – Get my you know, gusto back. Yeah, you know, Anthony, listen, you know, maybe if you just get a, a a better babysitter, you know, for the home opener, maybe you can get out to the lot a little earlier. Yeah, we'll have to figure out that situation. Uh, Steve, we're going to close this down. Sean, I think you know how we close this down, but uh, we'll, we'll let you give your rendition. Boys, it was, all, it was a great time talking White Sox baseball. Looking forward to our next show. Um, we'll be back. Like we said, at a more regular cadence now that spring training has started. We've got actual White Sox baseball to talk about. We'll have a season prediction show at some point before the start of the year. We're going to get Buzz and Johnny back in here as well. With that said, White Sox forever. That's right. White Sox for life. <laughs>